Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. The Canadian Investor Podcast. What's up? Today, myself, Braden Dennis, and my co-host, Simon Belanger, are going to start a new series where we are going to compare a Canadian company to a U.S. company that are similar, like for like. And this first week to kick it off, we are going to do Dollarama, ticker DOL on the Toronto Stock Exchange, versus Dollar General, DG, on the New York Stock Exchange, which is quite a bit bigger, obviously, bigger market. And we're going to compare them on various metrics, and then at the end of the at the end of the day, say which one we like more. So, Simon, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Braden, I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun series. We have about what four or five ideas of uh, different companies coming up. Probably even more as we think about it. Um, so it'll be fun, just because we have a lot of companies in Canada, and we tend to forget that um, sometimes we have them in Canada and. It's good to know, like, do, how do they compare to their peers in their U.S.? Are they undervalued, overvalued? Are they run well compared to their U.S. peers? So it's going to be a, a fun little series to do. Um, if you guys have questions for us or some ideas, don't hesitate to reach out, whether you want to do it directly on uh, GetStopMarket.com or uh, if you want to go on Twitter, just send us a, a tweet or a direct message. Uh, let us know. But I think it'll be a fun little series to, to dig into. Absolutely. So I'm going to put you on the spot here because I get this question, I would say, maybe more than any other question I ever get, which is, are you worried about the Canadian dollar or um, are you worried about investing in U.S. stocks because of the Canadian dollar? Um, You know, like I can somehow predict where the Forex currency exchange is going to go but what kind of decisions like in your mind how does that affect your decisions you make when you're investing on u.s exchanges when it comes to the dollar yes it does suck taking a 25 30 percent haircut on your dollar immediately but uh for long-term investors i would say it is not a huge huge concern obviously it does suck um but i'm Interested to hear what your take is and and if you factor that in when you are comparing two businesses like Dollarama to Dollar General, is currency going through your mind? Um, Personally, it doesn't really go through my mind uh, all that much. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the long run, it'll kind of even out and it's not something that's I can really control um, what I'm really focusing on is investing in really good businesses, whether they're Canadian or U.S. based. Um, the one consideration I will have, and we've talked about this before in other episodes, is I will try to keep my Canadian dividend paying stocks in my TFSA or U.S. growth stocks. Um, if I'm aiming for U.S. dividend stocks, I'll tend to keep those in my RSPs a bit more because of the um, withholding taxes. So that's my main consideration. But aside from that, like what 
the companies will be looking at over here. Um, to me, it shouldn't be too much of a consideration because uh, as we'll see, they have pretty low dividends in terms of Dollarama and Dollar General. So I'm really looking at, you know, which business is the best uh, to hold at the long run in the long run if I'm looking to buy one of these uh, discount retailers. Bingo. I have the same stance. When you're looking at these two things and you're looking at the currency, I mean, yes, it does suck taking that haircut, but you cannot control that. That is completely out of control. And what you can control is buying good corporations and holding them for the long term. That is the investing strategy that Simon and I do. That is the one I recommend everyone do because that is what turns into a compounding machine and grows wealth long term. So if you're able to buy the best businesses, I would say go and do that. Currency or not, it is something to consider, something to, to think about. But when you have the ability to buy the best businesses, that's what you should be doing. So Simon, what do you think valuation wise? I'm looking here, very, very similar on a Price to earnings multiple, 24 on Dollarama, 27 on Dollar General. And on you know enterprise value to EBITDA and EBIT, very, very similar. Even free cash flow, somewhat similar. I believe 33 on Dollar General. And actually, no, uh, much, much cheaper, 24 on Dollarama. So uh, cheaper from a cash flow perspective for Dollarama. But the one that sticks out to both of us is Dollarama trades almost twice the multiple on sales. What is your thoughts on these uh, these two companies in terms of valuation ratios? Uh, yeah, the overall, like you just said, they're pretty similar if we're looking at price earnings ratio. A um, little bit of a difference in the uh, cash flow metric. Uh, but yeah, the one that jumps out is the price to sell, where it's almost uh, more than three times price to sales for Dollarama and around 1.5, a bit less than two uh, for Dollar General. So that's already one thing that stands out. Um, one thing to put in perspective too for uh, our listeners, um, so the market can cap uh, in terms of uh, Dollarama is $13.3 billion. Keep in mind, this is in Canadian dollars. And then the market cap for Dollar General Corporation is 47, uh, sorry, $46 billion or so. Again, in US dollars. Um, when we'll be talking, obviously, when we talk about Dollarama, we'll be talking about Canadian figures and then US figures for Dollar General. Yeah, it's a good thing to point out. Dollarama is at least four times smaller than the peer that we're comparing it to. Um, but from a ratio perspective, this is why we use ratios. Um, they look very comparable from an earnings perspective, that's for sure. So I'm looking across the board here, 10-year compound annual growth rate of Dollarama at around 11.7% on their top line versus just a little under 10 for Dollar General. So on the surface, it looks like in recent years, you know, they're growing very low double digits, you know, in the low teens or high single digits. They kind of bounce around. Very similar growth story. Um, the U.S. obviously being a much bigger market. We are no expert in the dollar store business, but where does where does this growth come from? The the one metric that I was looking at a lot is same store sales growth, which I think is kind of the 
uh, holy grail of metrics when it comes to brick and mortar retail. And we were looking at before very, very similar, just a little under 5% for both businesses. Um, so very, very similar on the same store sales growth. But Simon, where are these companies driving uh, top line growth? Yeah, so top line growth will be a mix. So just like you said, uh, same store sales is really interesting to see because you you look at what the growth is without opening new stores. Um, so they're around, I think, 4% for the last year and around 2-3% for the years before that. I know Dollar General and I think Dollarama is around the same spot. Um, the rest of the growth is comes from opening new stores. So uh, to put things in perspective, Dollarama, um, they had 1095 stores in um 2017 so february of 2017 and then they were at 1291 as of february 2020 so that's about 18 percent increase in store count since 2017 and dollar general on the other hand um, they had 13429 in 2017 and 16368 Something that you pointed out, which I believe to be very, very interesting and, and confusing, is last year, Dollarama's balance sheet, they really, really started creeping up on those liabilities. It was pretty stagnant for like 10 years, you know, keeping uh, liabilities down. Short-term liabilities in terms of taking on debt ballooned in 2019 which you researched that they bought back stock and opened stores with. What is your take on that uh, using debt to buy back stock? Yeah, I think we've talked about that before. <laughs> and I I also think I, I've said I'm not a big fan of buying back stock in general. Um, so Dollarama, this is where I think Dollarama really kind of or dollar general sorry starts differentiating itself from dollarama in my book and i start lock, uh, look, liking dollar general a bit more um so in terms of uh of debt and we were talking about this before we started recording so when we look at the total asset to liabilities so obviously liabilities doesn't include just debt it includes other liabilities but the assets to liabilities, and I subtracted goodwill because goodwill to me is not really an asset. It's just the extra money that you pay to buy another business. Um, so I like to subtract that to wrap my head a bit more what uh, around what the financial situation is for the business. So the asset to liabilities when subtracting goodwill is 0.8 for Dollarama. So that means they actually have less assets than their total liabilities. So that's a bit, that's a red flag for me right there. And when you compare it to Dollar General, uh, same type of metric. Uh, Dollar General has 1.15 times assets to liabilities when subtracting goodwill. So they're already in much better shape there. Uh, one of the other things when looking at the balance sheet is um, there are debt starts coming due in 2021 when you look at Dollarama, whereas Dollar General, uh, most of their debt starts coming due in 2023 and later. Um, so that's really important to uh, to keep in mind. And another thing to put in perspective in terms of debt is um, they actually have both companies have 100 million a year in interest payments yet. 
Dollar General has a lot more money coming in than Dollarama. So Dollarama pays a lot more in terms of interest payments compared to Dollar General. And that's in part because they've been opening new stores, but buying back shares a lot as well with that debt. So from that perspective, I would definitely give a plus one to Dollar General. Looking at the balance sheet, uh, you know, in a vacuum, Dollar General definitely wins that. Uh, I can't really wrap my head around why they took on so much debt in 2019. Um, again, I would have to do much more research into that. Uh, looking here, gross margins is the obvious metric for me looking at personally. They're selling these you know, items less than $5, uh, which you know, in a way seems... At the surface, like how do we keep up with inflation if you're selling dollar stuff? They're able to just increase that, you know, dollar item to dollar fifty or to two dollars and massively boost margins with little notice from the consumer. So they've been able to prove that kind of uh Bay Street, Wall Street uh concern about about this business model that raising prices has actually not been an issue at all for them. And in that sort of pricing model is actually really, really nice to be able to boost the top and bottom lines uh, just, you know, by boosting it by 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar. Gross margins from Dollarama have gone from 36 to 44% and consecutively growing like a few, you know, half percentage a year. So uh, they have been doing things to increase their margin. Versus Dollar General, uh, 32% in 2011 and 30% in 2020. Uh, their gross margins have actually been going down by you know a few basis points a year. So I wonder what these two businesses are doing uh, to, you know, what what Dollarama is doing right because that 43% gross margin on these little less than five dollar items seems really, really incredible. And they've been able to lock down some sort of supply chain. Have you considered what that supply chain might look like in 2020? It's got to be so complicated. Um, and, and most of it, I'm assuming, coming from Asia. So do you think 2020 looks sketchy for them in terms of manufacturing? Yeah, that I really don't know. So that's a good question to ask. And anyone wanting to invest in those companies, they should dig into that in terms of, you know, supply chain. A lot of this stuff will obviously come from Asia and other countries. Um, but you're absolutely right. The gross margin looks a lot better when you look at Dollarama. Um, I'm not sure really what the cause is for that, if it's because Dollar General has higher overall costs or more competition maybe in the states uh, that's a good guess but this part definitely dollarama looks uh, looks better from a gross margin perspective yeah competition as well uh, dollarama has been dominant in canada and you can see here that last decade for both these companies is really solid especially dollarama uh, achieving over 10 percent top line growth every year all the way up till 2019 and I wonder why last two years revenue growth has slowed down a bit. Do you see Dollarama and Dollar General being quite uh, Amazon proof? I know when I walk by the stores down here in Toronto, uh, they are 
very, very busy in terms of a physical distancing line going down the street. So in a, uh, you know, contracting economy, a recession type of economy, really, really good for these businesses that are selling really cheap items. Uh, I could see revenue potentially accelerating through this, uh, which is obviously nice to see some recession proof there. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts about these, you know, less than $5 items. Are, are people ordering that on Amazon? Like, I think that some people are as like those tack on items and, and Amazon seems to be getting better and better at adding more items into your cart. <laughs> I know that I, uh, when I check out all of a sudden I have about seven other trinkets in, in the, in the checkout that I wasn't planning on having. So I wonder as Amazon gets better at that, it could be a reason for this somewhat uh, slowdown in their revenue growth, uh, going from you know over double digits to eight point six percent, and then six point seven percent top line growth in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So, uh, have you have you considered that as well with these? You know how recession proof are these items? I mean, sorry, sorry, Amazon proof are these items? Yeah, I mean it's. Who knows in the end, but I think uh, I think there is going to be a place with them, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. A lot of these items, uh, Amazon just can't deliver on a same day basis uh, because they're so small. So I think um, until they can achieve that or get those items to you within a few hours, um, I definitely think there's going to be a place for these type of discount retailers, like really low discount retailers. Um 2020 is going to be really interesting, uh, whether you talk about them being Amazon proof or not. It's going to be interesting how their sales progress in 2020 as a whole. Um, how is COVID-19 going to affect these businesses? Um, I'm sure for the most part, they'll remain open. But if there's a lower volume of people going to the stores because they just are imposing physical distancing, that could still have an impact on sales. Um, the other thing I look at for these uh, two businesses is how COVID-19 would impact expansion, so the opening of new stores. So that's definitely something I would look at because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, they've been opening quite a bit of stores in the past three, four years. Um, and when finances can be a bit tighter for businesses, even though they might be fairly stable in this environment, um, they might actually pull back on the opening of new stores. I know Starbucks has pulled back on opening a lot of new stores in China because of COVID-19. So I could definitely see the same thing happening. So don't be surprised if you see the growth slowing down uh, for this year and potentially next year for these businesses. Um, there might still be some growth, but probably lower than it was. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's probably the reason why I haven't entered a position in Dollarama, which looks very enticing uh, from a dividend growth perspective. Both of them, if you own these stocks, you're owning them for the dividend growth, in my opinion. Uh, they're kind of, you know, really, really nice dividend growth. Uh, last couple of years and even beyond that has been really really solid uh with safe payout ratios generating lots of free cash so i will say this i think they're both pretty solid investments i think they're both really good companies uh you know in in something that you would think you know is a so so business model it's actually been a really really good business model uh which 
kind of surprising to wrap your head around. You know, how, how is dollar store a great business model? We talked about it. Pricing power is actually really solid. Um, so, so for me, okay, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to put us both on the spot here, Simon, you're in a, uh, you know, you can't see the stock market for the next 10 years and you have to own one of them. What are you going to own? Um, I'm, I would pick dollar general. Uh, there's three main reasons. First of all, um, you know, it's not a big difference, but it is a difference. Uh, Dollar General pays a 0.8% uh, dividend yield, whereas Dollarama is 0.4%. So that's already, you know, it's doubled the, the dividend yield. So that's all already a difference. Um, <laughs> oh, you're going to get really rich on hey, 0.8%, it's still bigger. buddy. <laughs> uh, no, but the main reasons, all jokes aside, it, Dividend yield is a bit higher, but the main reason for me is the balance sheet. Um, so if I were to not look at it for the next 10 years, I'd feel a lot more confident uh, uh, for with Dollar General to be coming out on top and not having to worry. Um, there would always be on top of my head the debt situation looming for Dollarama. And uh, I'm, I wasn't impressed how uh, management, uh, the share buyback and issuing more debt um during those times like it's a speculation that they issued debt for uh, share buybacks but looking at their financial statement it's hard to not come to that conclusion um so i guess i said three reasons those are probably the two main reasons um as we mentioned there's a lot of similarities but uh, i would go with the balance sheet strength and uh, stick with dollar general oof yeah um Hmm. It's tough because I look at them both and Dollarama is just like crushes on so many metrics. And then the balance sheet is just like, oh, what happened in 2019? And then also like, so the reporting schedule is really strange for both these companies. They've actually reported fiscal 2020 already. Um, so if you look at it, 2020 fiscal 2020 for Dollarama growth has like the speed of growth on the top line has like halved since 2018. So that right there, I'm like, okay, this this company seems to be contracting that top line for a company that's trading at 25 times earnings. It seems expensive here. It seems safe, but it seems expensive. Uh, and then Dollar General seems to be maintaining that growth that they had through all of last decade. So. Uh, I don't think I would buy either of them here, but I am going to actually disagree with you slightly because <laughs> I'm concerned about the 2020 growth and I'm concerned about the balance sheet on dollar uh, Dollarama, but I think there's so much more competition in the States right now. Uh, there's, you know, there's, what is it? Five under, Dollar Tree, Dollar General. Five below, um, yeah. My parents live... Yeah. Five below, five below. There's so many dollar stores, whereas Dollarama in Canada over the last 10 years has really just consolidated to being kind of the player. And their gross margins are so much significantly better and are growing free cash at a better rate and, and have much better free cash margins. So I would say, here's my answer, I would own neither of them right now. And... Looking out for another year, looking at Dollarama, but I'd probably take Dollarama over Dollar General for those reasons I've listed. I think they're just doing a little better on some of those metrics, but very, very similar. Uh, I would own neither. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I would necessarily so I, buy Dollar General, but if I had to choose between both of them, I would pick Dollar General. Fair enough, fair enough. I think there's better opportunities out there at 25 times earnings. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll stop rambling. I would take Dollarama um, for, for my pick. So next week, what do we have? We're going to do Waste Connections, ticker WCN, versus Waste Management in the States, ticker WM. This one should be exciting. I think WCN has been such a good acquirer over the last 10 years, um, and they have rewarded shareholders tremendously. Yeah, I think uh, that, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, we were, uh, weren't we texting about that a few weeks ago? And um, yeah, I think, yeah. if I remember correctly, I think waste management trades a bit cheaper than uh, waste connection. But uh, again, we'll try to dig in a bit more. Uh, I did a few hours of research for this. Obviously, it's still an overview. It's not like going into really deep. Um, if anyone's interested in these two companies, I would also recommend listening to what uh, management on both ends uh, said recently about COVID-19. I did not look into that, so it would be interesting just to get their thoughts and just to see if they're disagreeing on it or they're saying the same thing. Uh, it's always interesting to just listen to that, especially when you have two very similar businesses and especially if management in one company says one thing and the other company says another. So that's something I would recommend, but make sure you do your due diligence if you're uh, you're looking to invest in one of these two companies. But yeah, next week, very excited to talk about waste management, waste connections, and we have about four or five other companies lined up. And if you guys have some suggestions on uh, some Canadian companies compared to uh, U.S. peers, uh, feel free to let us know and we'll have a look into them too. Yes, sir. As always, go to getstockmarket.com. Uh, just before recording this, shout out to Colin, one of the subscribers. He listened to our review on um, Nutrien and uh, some of the agricultural stocks and got out of the stock after listening to our podcast. And uh, you know what? We accept form uh, payment by check or credit. Colin, uh, Nutrien slash dividend, 75% stock weighed down. I think it's covered a little bit with the rest of the economy or with the rest of the stock market, sorry. And um, yeah, so we're, we're helping some people. We're helping people out there, Simon. So uh, keep listening, guys. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Should we do this series weekly? Uh, for a little bit, Simon, or are we going to mix it yeah, up? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll do it weekly and maybe we'll put in some bonus episodes if anything crazy happens in between. But I think weekly is a good thing. That way it gives us uh, more time to do some research. Uh, if we're comparing companies, uh, it takes definitely a few hours at least to start digging into it uh, to get some good content for you guys. Sure thing. And I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast last week. I think we did. Uh, Shopify passing Royal Bank as Canada's most valued. Uh, oh man, the TSX would be in rough shape in terms of the index without uh, Shopify going on such a hot streak. Cannot wrap my head around the valuation, uh, but as Simon and I have said, we couldn't wrap our head around the valuation three years ago, and now we look stupid. So I hope Shopify keeps on winning. It's a great story. 
and uh, I will continue to sit on the sidelines. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Go to GetStockMarket.com. Have a good week. The Canadian investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simon may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Canadian Investor. To get a list of the top Canadian dividend stocks right now and other valuable investing resources, go to GetStockMarket.com.